There's something about the Get tension of your points of view with each other that it's I find hilarious. I don't agree that it's sexual tension. Yeah. <laughs> you don't agree I that don't it's agree. tension. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, if you think this is tension, you should hang out with my parents. Nice. I'm perfectly placid. <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh, God. You really didn't like this movie? It's not that I didn't like it. I just, I was like, wait, the whole movie, I was waiting for something <laughs> to happen. Oh, that was your mistake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clearly. What's your, what's your fucking you problem? Got, you got punked by Tarkovsky. You I got, actually did. You, really got art, you got art house punked. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. There were all these moments where I was like, oh, we're going to find out. Oh, we're going to find. Nope. Yeah. I, yeah, we're conditioned to do that. Yeah. Um, Although I did you can, you predict can, the switch to color within seconds. Oh, I don't know. I think that's what one of the most within, surprising oh, things. Yeah, I didn't. Within seconds of, of the movie happening. starting? No. I was like, what oh, this is about to go to color. Oh. And then I went to color. Do you want to talk about what we think uh, the switch to switch back and forth from color? What that? Oh, yeah. Let's. Uh, well, hang on. means? Let's, <laughs> let's just, for this one, let's just skip the plot breakdown because it's what? totally irrelevant. Is there even a plot? <laughs> There's no, I mean, what? the plot breakdown is pretty it's slow. It's pretty Hang simple, on. right? Yeah, it's I pretty mean, basic. There are people. Should we? The end. Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. To the show. <laughs> Fucking hate you, Everybody. <laughs> I'm your host, Asher Lack. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Alan Sussman. What's up? The Honorable Sam Lazarus. And our lawyer, Raphael Rudenberg, ESQ. Hi. I actually have a lawyer that isn't Raph, so you should probably stop saying that. He might get pissed. I think you have to legally fire him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Or he might go to prison for <laughs> double dipping. What about me? Am I you safe? You might get executed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I could see that. Uh-huh. You mean you would see that? Uh, yeah. If it was on TV, I you'd watch like it. I've had but dreams about I it. I feel like you, you would have <laughs> well, a choice. You would have a choice of how you want to go. Yeah. <laughs> Shot out into space. Yeah, that's the one. Or, or yeah. drowned in a vat of caramel. <laughs> can can I pick electrocuted on Fox? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, am I tripping or was there a time in our childhoods when <laughs> that Fox showed an electrocution live on TV? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did that am I making this up? Listeners, no execution has ever been broadcast <laughs> on live TV in the US. I swear that it Other was countries. like <laughs> you know, it was like I, <laughs> fucking Howie Mandel or someone like that who was like this is this is not a joke this is not a script <laughs> tonight you will see a human being killed <laughs> I swear and I swear wow. it was on Fox maybe this is like a dream I had mm. but if it is I've been carrying it around for like 25 years yep. I don't know man does not sound like a real thing that happened yeah you, I mean dream. you got two avenues to go here either you start googling <laughs> or you start with therapy <laughs> <laughs> or, or both I think is it going to like yeah. turn out I've been in a cult? Like right. <laughs> a cult of one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what cult am I not in? Google the following phrase. What is wrong with me? <laughs> Alan not having pants on is, is making me uncomfortable. It's, uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. it's making me uncomfortable. But Un- like it's com- a, making me comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's like um, you're making me as uncomfortable as Sam makes me. So it's sort of like. <laughs> well, <laughs> welcome to the show, Utah. <laughs> what kind of special Mormon underwear is you wearing tonight? <laughs> you want to share your most perverted fantasy with the listeners? I don't want to hear that from a Mormon. Yeah. I think, speaking of nightmares, I don't think I would get over that. Like for the rest of I don't of understand how anybody can be okay with like wearing thick cotton onesies all the time. I don't think like that, that really happens, right? Like, are they actually wearing? Yeah. It's sacramental underwear. It's a thing. Yeah, but I think you only wear it like when you no. ascend to the mating chamber or whatever. <laughs> like, I don't think that I don't think that it's like. I do not think that's a thing. And I'm pretty sure you're wrong. Also. I don't know. We had I, I mean, there was a dude who we had on tour playing drums for us for a tour who it turned out was Mormon. And I certainly saw him shirtless a lot of times, much to my sh- shirt I, grin. Shirt grin. <laughs> And he definitely didn't wear. I guess maybe it like a on how prospector onesie. No, it's there's like specific we rules. Wear, we don't wear yarmulkes. Like, uh, yeah, but that's not in the speak Bible. For yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm wearing two Where's one on each, each ass cheek. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't. We don't I'm grow very observant. Yeah, oh, there's a lot God. of crap that we don't do. Yeah. 
Yeah, I imagine yeah. that you consider Mormonism is a spectrum of. It's a, different, it's a rainbow of. There's different yeah. forms of devotion. Or weird, Mormonism, repressed flavors. Autism <laughs> and sexuality. Those are all spectrums. Mm hmm. Oh, just, thought, yeah, I thought you were saying list. those are different points <laughs> on a spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> there's the light spectrum. Right. The sound spectrum. Oh, this movie actually made me want to ask this question. It, it's so weird that that just popped into my head. I wanted to ask when I saw this movie. Uh, what is light? Hang oh, what, on. No, no, no. Sorry. What are colors? Can you guys answer that question? Different frequencies. Yeah, there are different color, frequencies uh, of light. light. They're like... Wait, it's okay, like that's temperature. It? It's just like temperature. Okay. It's just the same as temperature. Like a hotter light but is do they, do they extend, more red. I, I, I mean, do they extend infinitely? More, like, I mean, I know there's yes. there's things we can't see that are colors, technically, like ultraviolet or superviolet. Color is a human phenomenon the way you understand it. Right. Okay. Yeah, like but it's, it's a more human a function, phenomenon. It's a more function reflective. of the rods and cones in your eye and how they're connected to your brain. But I've yeah, okay. But the distinction between them is just frequency. And today we're talking about Stalker. That was chunky. Uh, 1979 Andre Tarkovsky movie. It's a movie. A masterpiece. <laughs> I thought this movie was amazing. It's, it's really it's not good. A movie. It's a film. Yeah. This oh, is no, no. Excuse no, no. me. Excuse me. It's a Monsieur Tarkovsky. Pardonnez-moi, Leonard Martin. It's a filmé. Un filmé. Dans un cinéma. Oh, God. And it's great. Yeah, I fucking really love this movie. Mm-hmm. It's good. So much. Sam hated it. Well, you got Tarkovsky. I hated watching it. <laughs> got Tarkovsky. You got Tarkovsky. Yeah, that's what happened. Uh, yeah, like I mean, I didn't realize it was the same director as Solaris until one millisecond into the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's about accurate. Like I feel it, like it, they make it very apparent. It's yeah, not like it, it's yeah. like Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky's stalker. Tarkovsky's Solaris. Well, also, like the pan yeah, across exactly. the people in the bed, and then it goes back it across goes back. the people yeah. a bit in the bed, even, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's the guy who did even Solaris. Even the credit <laughs> scene at the beginning. With like, the people in the bar? Yeah. Which, the saddest bar in the history of existence. They didn't even have chairs or stools. Yeah, I, I can't. What kind of bar doesn't have stools? A I don't Soviet know. one? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Come on, Precisely. guys. You bourgeois pig. Yeah, You've been me. pampered for too long. Drink this battery acid and enjoy the worker, it. The workers demand Actually, to stand up while there drinking. was an interesting bit in there in the bar about... I didn't... I mean, I don't know if... Because it's sort of unclear what time the movie's supposed to take place. Like, is it supposed to be in the future or something? But they're talking about an alcohol ban. Was there an alcohol ban in Soviet Russia? Mm. I don't know why I would know that. Yeah. <laughs> um... I, I strongly so doubt it. I, I don't know that. I don't think it's true, but who knows? Because he says, like, oh, yes, because of the ban. Well, I guess we'll drink beer then. Hmm. Wait. I, I, the movie definitely that? takes yeah. place in the future. Yeah, he definitely says that. But the movie takes place in the future. At least that's what all the kind of, like, critical literature okay. around it. It's like, so are we getting into the plot right away? Yeah, let's <laughs> look at the I don't know. Other initial <laughs> thoughts? Alan, what did yeah. you think of this movie? It was good. All right, so here's the plot for your sweet little baby listeners. At some point in the future, in some unnamed country, uh, there's been some kind of event, possibly alien in origin, uh, that has resulted in something that is called the zone, which is an area people go in and disappear. Apparently, they sent some troops in, and they disappeared, and people go in and from time to time, and they disappeared. And eventually, they figured out that there was something very, very mysterious and wrong and off about this zone so they put a heavy military uh, barricade around it and sealed it off from anybody going in and um, simultaneously there are apparently multiples um, but we're introduced to one in particular and we introduced to him with his family as a wife and, uh, and a daughter there are multiples of these people called stalkers and as best as we're we're given to know is that these are people who are it seems like are able to go into the zone and survive and navigate have some, and navigate it have some sort of understanding of what the zone means and again this is against the, the backdrop of it's never really articulated what the zone is like you know yeah, you also never really get a full picture of what a stalker is like what you right. just described is sort of inference it's yeah, it's very shrouded it's yeah. But it's shrouded, but in a way that I think a lot of other movies and art don't 
kind of stick the landing. This movie yeah, totally. kind of perfectly captures something that obeys an internal logic that is completely oblique to our understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of cool coming into a world where like people know things that you don't and you're trying to play catch up the and, whole time. And you can't, right? right. Like the, the thing about the zone is that it's like, I, I was thinking about it in terms of like the uncanny because it's like it appears human or earthly but it obeys rules that don't really make any sense. Like the flowers don't smell? Well, like the flowers don't smell. I mean, the the line that the stalker keeps repeating throughout the movie is, the way back is never the way you came. Yeah. He's and saying like things are changing every minute. Yeah. The landscape seems to be changing, I guess, in well, the zone. Except yeah. he also seems to know it. It's it's o- yeah, it's right. ominous. He has some... That, and yeah. there's some ways to walk that aren't, that aren't safe, some that are safe. Um, and only he seems to know. Yeah, yeah, there's something. Put him and the bolts. And he's throwing around the bolt. What is up with that? I mean, I kept wanting to wanting like a bolt to hit an invisible barrier, and that's why he was throwing them. But it that's never the happened. Thing, you, you're wanting yeah. things that you're not gonna. I mean, yeah. yeah. That this movie, I think, also like Solaris, does a good job of like lifting the veil of like what we're conditioned to expect from movies. And this movie is not that, and it is its own world, its its own thing. I don't know. I want to save this observation, but like this <clears> could have been how sci-fi is. Yeah, wh- but we chose to. It's obeying a separate set of rules. A set, like there's a separate. The storytelling technique is so different than we than we have for something whatever is roughly comparable, like futuristic sci-fi in the West. Like most of the movies we talked about here, it's it's totally different. Yeah, like to me, so much of what Stalker was about is is faith and about like the journey of. Like believing in a deity, having faith in some kind of higher power. I don't know. We can get okay. into sort of what that means. I don't know, but Stalker does like an amazing job of of dramatizing. And I think most similar, like the the movie that I think kind of has the most similar DNA is probably two thousand one, where to this movie. Yeah, to this that? movie. Yeah, okay. And and also it's calling back. I don't know. Did you guys feel like there was a huge Lovecraftian element to this? Not really. Yeah, I don't know. Let's push forward with the plot of it because essentially you were saying, Raph, I, I liked your plot breakdown on this. Oh, thanks. Um, I think you're right. It is kind of hard to describe because it's like the zone is just there. Okay, I guess it makes more sense to go go through actually what happens. So um, one of the stalkers um, wakes up in the morning and his, his wife uh, is upset at him and you know she alludes to the fact that like, why are you doing this? You're going to get... 10 years instead of five if they catch you how could you do this to your family i think they maybe say something about money and then he's you know he's out the door he just he leaves yeah it's obvious that he's been in jail for leading people into the zone before there's going to be a punishment if he gets caught leading people into the zone again and for the first part of the movie it's entirely in like a sepia color right like there's a color wash over all the film so yeah. there's no it's monochromatic it's also sort of sepia. degraded like the 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 fidelity goes up a lot when it switches to color yeah i've never seen something like that before yeah, i was actually curious cool. about that like in terms of technique i didn't bother to look it up obviously but like how did he get that look it might just be the loss of color that's up in the air because i know that they shot the whole movie i think almost two or three times like the the story of how he made this movie and i think it has to do with just like what was available to him as a filmmaker in soviet russia was just like i don't know here take some film stock does it work who cares go I think, you know, uh, he wanted to do... There were a bunch of projects he wanted to do. Like, I think he wanted to do uh, Dostoevsky's The Idiot, and they wouldn't let him do it for some reason. Like, the you know, the Soviet film board was like, no, you can't do one of the great Russian novels. <laughs> yeah, we don't trust you. Like, so he goes and he picks up these two guys, one of whom is kind of this, like, lecherous... They're not... They don't have names. One, the first one you meet is just... The writer. The writer. Um, and uh, he's kind of like lecherously. He has this, you know, beautiful young woman, and he's, I think, trying to impress her. And she says, "Are you a stalker? Are you really a stalker?" And he just goes, "Get out of here!" And so she leaves. Um, <laughs> that was goodbye. a weird scene. I found that very confusing, also, particularly because at that point in the movie, you can't recognize their voices yet. So I had no idea who was saying what. Yeah, and yeah. they all look the same. Yeah, they're, they're uh, like all of the men are just like these kind of until you're halfway through. Like vaguely facial, scruffy, I don't know, yeah. prison looking. Soviet man, homo sovieticus. 
Homo Sovieticus. I got to stop doing that stupid accent. I'll cut my no, Russian it's accent. It's fine. It's fine. You can do the stupid Russian accent. I, yeah. I'll allow Can you do Soviet John McCain? <laughs> <laughs> this Hello, is Halosh. Halosh. So... <laughs> <laughs> this is John McCain. Listen, you bourgeois pig. Let me talk to you about the revolution. Ever since I am shot down in Vietnam, I love Stalin. Ho Chi Minh number one. Ho Chi Minh number one. You know, I think maybe Pol Pot going to make good dictator. <laughs> yeah, so so the stalker is tasked with taking these two guys across the zone. Or they meet up with the professor the later, and he's kind of cagey, right? The writer is a little bit of a blabbermouth and just, you know, kind of goes on and shares his thoughts. The professor's a little cagey or doesn't really, you know, show his cards, keeps them close to his yeah, he says, chest. He says, I guess you could say, like he half agrees that he's a physicist. Like yeah, how, what does that mean? He's a chemist. No, he asks him if he's a chemist. He's like more like a physicist. But oh, really? What does that mean? More like a f- like? What are you like halfway to physics? Well, that could be like, translation too. I mean, some of this stuff. Be, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. If you if you read it, if you like look into the dialogue too closely when in translated movies, it really is like who knows. Sometimes yeah. you know languages that I vaguely speak like French, I'll do a translation. I'm just like, that's not very literal. So, yeah, you know. Sure. Especially yeah. Klingon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. High Elfish. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thraki. <laughs> <laughs> Bleep bloop. <laughs> Do you think it counts as child abuse if R2 you raise your child as Klingon as their first language? I mean, I what's his child abuse <laughs> if you raise a child, Sam? Uh, <laughs> I'd say if you do it. <laughs> rough. I'm just giving, I'm giving ACS a heads up. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, can be real man. deep there. Yeah, you're, gonna, you're gonna be a great dad, Sam. Oh, now you're walking it back. That's great. <laughs> no, I'm, I'll, I'll go on the record. Say, I think Sam's gonna be <laughs> a great dad. Sam's gonna convert to evangelical <laughs> Christianity like the Actually, second the baby's born. Oh yeah, have He's you guys heard the like, good news? Have you heard about the Pentecost? <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. and it's cut. Yeah. What's the good news? Jesus is our <laughs> Lord and Savior. Yeah, I already knew that. I thought oh, you so had you have yeah, heard you think we're news. stupid. Well, first well, of all, I asked, didn't I? That's well. not news, Sam. <laughs> it's a thing people say. It's a breaking, thing people say. Breaking yeah. news. Breaking good news. <laughs> breaking <laughs> news. Jesus is Lord. <laughs> In the news today. Actually, Jesus died for your sins. In local news, Nazareth edition. <laughs> <laughs> this is a crazy one in that like when I first moved into this apartment 15 years ago as a prank, Raf signed me up for like a bunch of religions on the internet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did do that. <laughs> and I still get pamphlets from Jews for Jesus, but they've recently... They won't let you go. They sunk, they sunk their teeth into you. <laughs> yeah, but they, they recently changed their name. So for a long what? time, it was called like a messianic... It's Well, the pamphlets they send are called Issues. <laughs> Which, like, I think it's <laughs> appropriate really <laughs> and speaks to the thing that everyone who reads them has, right? right? But, like, uh, yeah, recently they changed. It used to say, like, issues, a messianic Jewish perspective. And now it's, like, they're bending more Christian. So now it's, like, uh, a historical Christian sect or something. like. I can't remember the, what how they're soft-pedaling it now. But, okay. yeah. So... I don't know whoever supplanted someone else at the church of... They hired a new publicist. Or Hebraic. I don't know. Yeah, they're like, why is Scientology getting all the, <laughs> the <laughs> morons? <right. laughs> let's uh, let's amp up the juice. What's their thing? Are they just like trying it's to convert pretty, Jews? It's, yeah, it's they pretty just believe that There's, Jesus was the Messiah. Yeah, it's all in the title, Alan. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why they're not they getting may, a they bunch maintain, of followers. They maintain their... They, you know, they maintain. I think a, a lot of them are converts from Judaism. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jews. I mean, what's like their like? Jesus. Like, what are they trying to do? Are they like preach wh- the gospel? You keep all of the same Jewish, I think, like liturgy and holidays, but you also, I mm. think, acknowledge that yeah, Jesus did yeah. all the stuff. It's yeah, I think that, so. It is pretty uh, straightforward. Yeah, I think yeah. Christianity <laughs> without yeah, like sort of sort of what you see is what you get. Yeah. With this one, which is always a surprise. <laughs> yeah, with like, religion. Yeah, I mean, I think they're like I don't know how much they try and reject uh, Paul and the Church of Peter. Like I think they are trying to go back to like they like Asher said a historical church, 
um, that existed in like the first maybe two centuries after Jesus died before um, some of like the, the institutions that sprung yep. up around that got really solidified and there was like a lot of, a lot of flux. But you know, honestly, it's like it's an era of Christianity then, that like there's almost zero, you know, evidence of of any sort. Like what there's like well, yeah, because there were almost nothing written because it was just Jews. Like, it and was just there Jews was yeah. a bunch of other. Well, it was like a very Jesus small. Was it was a very, very, very small sect. Yeah, that had like we presume certain writings because that's how they've been passed down. Um, but we like I don't even think we know like what what texts were considered holy uh versus like you know what were what were considered canon versus what weren't well yeah i think the idea of canon you can't really apply to a community like that because it's so diverse. yeah because it was all fan fiction for like two centuries right. and then one it's guy the was like gospels yeah yeah well and also that's there were part of it i mean other Gnosticism was like, one sect yeah exactly it's it's a whole it's a whole mess of options <laughs> right so i think that's they're trying to go for that they're trying to recreate something they don't really cool. have a lot of knowledge about what it is. <laughs> China. Anyway, I'm glad I signed you up for them so we could talk about it later yeah. on. Well, what else did I sign you up for? The <laughs> I think the Mormons came to the house and were like... They often do. They called me by my real name, which was upsetting. They were like, <laughs> is Blank Lack well, here? Well, they have blank? access to those records. <laughs> oh, yeah. Blank Lack. <laughs> I can't have our listeners knowing my real name. Isn't oh, this is funny, yeah. Public record? Hey, listen. It's not public record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Freedom of information, we'll Sam. Do FOIA, yeah. <laughs> Moving <laughs> along, with moving yes, right along. Yeah, okay. So look, uh, essentially, the plot of the movie is there's this zone that obeys no real human logic. I it's said all this deeply shit. uncanny. <laughs> I know you said all this shit, but now well, I'm you saying say it faster. Than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, faster, I'll time you. Okay, yeah. So there's Blindness. a there's a faster. guy who's a go stone. faster. <laughs> so the stalker takes the highway to the danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> it is a danger zone. It is not a pleasant place to hang zone, out. But you don't know why it's dangerous. It's just kind of freaky. Yeah. It's a type of place where it's always light and people go to sleep in rivers. Well, I mean, yeah. and I just kind of <laughs> assumed so that that's right? what Russia was like. Uh, it was just, uh, sleep in like, Yeah, I have a hard time it's with not all so of, wet. Yeah, <laughs> I have a tough time with all of Tarkovsky's movies because I can't separate. Like, wait, what's like weird, upsetting sci-fi versus like, oh yeah, that's just Russia. Like, <laughs> like there goes neighborhood Johnny. Yeah, he like sleeps with his pants on his face in a garbage <laughs> can. <Neighborhood> Johnny. <laughs> You know. Well, that, yeah, that wouldn't be normal, though. That would be Neighborhood Johnny. Well, I mean, but I think in Russia, I think it's just like, yeah, this isn't your job. What job do you have, bourgeois pig? <laughs> I'm, I got Tarkovsky brain. <laughs> 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 no, I got to say, I think his last movie what took, was he filmed and took place in Sweden. I'm pretty sure people also just like, sit down and like cover themselves in moss <laughs> for no reason like <laughs> no no that's like a swedish thing right? all that, of these oh, yeah. movies Midsommar. have like <laughs> filth right there's just like like grit on every yeah, everybody yeah. is disgusting it's and i'm dirty just like, as hell i yeah. just i'm like this is the, he's like the dirtiest filmmaker he is the dirtiest i wanted to shower the whole time and it's not like even it makes david fincher look clean and fake like it makes like the dirt in like the horrible houses in like seven look like or the drippiness of like Alien Three be like, eh, whatever, that's bullshit. But like Tarkovsky, I'm like, oh god, I really I need yeah, to watch it's all real, it's real dirt. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's all the really have dirt not on them. a soundstage. <laughs> yeah, actually walking through open sewage. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, there's yeah. a scene where they go so like, the, all of the actors in this movie actually died of hepatitis. Well, that's what <laughs> And and it's not like Worth there was it. fucking medicine for them. They're in goddamn right. Soviet Russia. It's yeah. like I don't no, know. but yeah, it's like I when I watch Tarkovsky, I feel like is this like super artsy like dialogue, or is this the way just the way Russian people talk to each other? Yeah, yeah. like think, every, everything is a, terrible. There's <laughs> a real problem with like what said though, like with with the language barrier because grammar is so different in Russian, right? So it's like I think it's a little co- from column A, a little from column yeah, B. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Like, there's there's something about the language that's super hyperbolic, where everything is like profoundly extreme. Every like right. like his opening scene when he's leaving the house and his wife is like crying and like writhing Convulsing. on the floor, yeah. and and then she gets up and is like, okay, bye. And you're just like, is that Wait, just what, what every <laughs> day interactions yeah. are like in Russia, or? 
you know, it, it just everything felt super operatic on an emotional level. Well, one of the first things he says in that scene is she's like, I can't believe you're leaving me again. You're going to go to prison. And he goes, everywhere outside of the zone is a prison to me. Mm. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good line. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. house is a prison. <laughs> My mind is a prison. <laughs> Got to go to the zone, honey. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop by the zone on the way home and <laughs> disappear. Uh, so I'm gonna <laughs> get licked by a weird dog in a lake. Oh God, that, that is so is gross. One of the weirdest cute dogs I've like. Oh, the dog is great. Something really yeah. strange about the well, shape. The dog of is it. ominous as hell. It, it comes back from the zone, and no one seems to like ta- be, yeah, say anything. Be upset about, about it. it. No, they're just like, like, oh yeah, this dog lives dog. here now. Have some milk out of this weird. Yeah, hold on. They gave the dog a lot of milk. Yeah, well, hang yeah. on, we'll get there. So <laughs> we will. We'll yeah. get to the milk. We will talk for hours so about the, the milk. The stalker is tasked with taking these Can't two wait. men through the zone, and we don't fully understand their desire to go in. They talk about it a little bit at first, but they don't fully give it away, right? But they're searching for something. They're searching for something, and it's like you know, it's very treacherous to go in there. So you, you get a sense, get a sense, be, a sense be, of sense of desperate desperation from them too. Yeah, yeah. and this kind of talks about desperation in his speech and he's like look guys this place is not a normal place so just listen to what i say take me seriously and like follow me because otherwise you will die so i feel like i would only need to hear that warning once i of all the people i know you are the one who would need it tattooed on your face sam (laughs) you'd be like why well what do you mean no no if I'm going into like an alien zone that no one ever escapes from and the guy I hired to be my guide says, be careful and do as I do, I'm not going to be like, whoa, what's going <laughs> to happen if I go over there? Like, obviously, that's You're, stupid. No, you'd give him shit. Yeah, you definitely give him shit, <laughs> but I would follow his instructions. I'm not a suicidal <laughs> after, maniac. After he quit. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The zone is too good for you. <laughs> <laughs> the zone blinks out of existence. <laughs> you'd, you, you'd be hassling the zone for directions. Like, what do you mean I can't walk over here? It looks like there's ground. I'm going to walk on it. Wait, what do you mean I only get my innermost wish, not the wish I told you? I told you I wanted that wish. <laughs> uh, Sam Angling just quit the, the show. Yep. You'd probably That's get it. the best deal out of it from all of us. Because I have the purest heart? Yeah. Oh, definitively. That's accurate. Yeah, so they they journey into the zone and... I guess what he's like throwing. I mean, I kind of loved that. The stalker is almost like uh, what's what is Aragorn? Uh, character. <laughs> <laughs> a sexy hobbit. I don't know what you're. A Strider? Is that what you mean? Oh, a ranger. Yeah, I he's guess. called Strider. He yeah, is a he's ranger. a ranger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the stalker is like a ranger or a scout. That was the word I was looking for. Like someone who understands a territory like very innately. Um, yeah, what is this? I feel like it's sort of implied that there's some like metaphysical thing going on too, though. Like he's, it's not just knowledge. He has like an innate. Yeah. He has some connection to it or something. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they don't like, really go into that at the all. Last scene. I is pretty they heavily. do leave it very vague. I like love it. the last scene of this. Sorry, the yeah, last it's scene. We'll actually it's, get it's there. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. So, so the stalker leads them through the zone, and like but you also left out that it becomes color. Oh when yeah. They enter the zone. When they enter the zone, the movie goes from this sepia world to color, which I saw that coming. Did you guys? I felt like it was a reference to uh, the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, Probably. I actually was thinking as they're going down the train tracks like this is the the tornado moment i started playing dark side of the moon when they <laughs> yeah right when the bell rang yeah so when they enter the zone everything goes into color and uh I'm, i don't what it's like why what does that happen i don't know i mean i just again they ran out of sepia yeah <laughs> I, I i honestly thought that sepia it had a shortage of the Soviet union like <laughs> well because according to legend like they shot this film two or three times like that he was like you know they ran out of film the, the Soviet film board told him to fuck himself. Like, the story of his life is pretty deranged and horrifying. I mean, I guess, obviously, if you've seen his movies, like, great. I mean, isn't that just how Russian art works? Yeah, true. Um, I'm shocked that he didn't end up in, like, a gulag, but, you know... This is post-gulag. Oh, uh, when, when was the golden age of gulag torture? <laughs> uh... 
30s, early 30s through the 50s. Okay. <laughs> no one wants to weigh in why they thought it went to color? To me, it's not that complicated. It's just the world outside of... I, f- I felt like it was for the stalker, maybe. Yeah. Like, the world outside is just nothing to him, and when he enters that the zone, that's, like, the real world to him yeah. or something. <clears throat> or there's so much more there. It's um, also just, like, wanting to show a difference, right? Like, a profound difference in the space. Like, it would be hard to do that. It's hard to show, like, a sort of non-physical sense you know what i mean like that we basically entered into a world that is mm-hmm. of a higher sensory level than the world yeah, we were in before different. yeah 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 and the first scene you see in the zone is not like all the gross scenes that you see later it's like them stopping on like a, a beautiful hill with like a nice view this is like you know a beautiful place that it is a kind of a post-apocalyptic place, though. I mean, it's like, you know, for you once, see that, yeah. totally you empty. You see that There's later, yeah. Of, uh, but then later, they start switching between color and sepia, right? You know, in, in a way that doesn't really fit that reason anymore, I well, think. Well, no, it fits more your your reason, Alan, because, like, he's starting to doubt hmm. his his faith in, in the zone or the power uh, of it or whatever. So maybe the illusion is starting to break for him or something. Yeah. Actually, Maybe. I kind of agree then, with that. Yeah. That's, that's and he a goes to the goes surprise. to the uh, you know, goes outside the zone and then starts to be color there as right. well. And he's like, "Oh, this is the place where I belong." The final scene is in My color, family. right? Yeah. The final scene is in color. There are a few scenes after they leave the zone that are in color, but let's let's push through what they discover in the zone because it's basically like not a lot happens. We discover their motives for going into the zone, and the writer's motive is that he's lost his inspiration and that he's trying to get it back and that this trip is his hope. And we understand a little bit more down the line of why. Should we reveal that now? Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. There's a room at the heart of the zone that legend says it grants whoever goes through the room their greatest desire. Or their wish depending on which version of the legend you listen to i think it's it, yeah it's it's, it's, it's approached about. as it grants your it grants your greatest wish uh but yeah i actually i actually really like this and i think this is like it, it, my favorite part of the entire movie is that it grants your wish but then it's it unfolds that it grants your innermost wish. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. Which is not what you're it. consciously right. wishing for. Which that's the double s- yeah. spoiler cuz yeah. like yeah. So sorry. yeah, I mean, yeah. There's this room, and it reminded me of the Oracle at Delphi. You know, with the inscription on the wall, "Know thyself." Um, and I think that's you know the same idea, uh, which is like you know, you can go in there and you can want something. And, and the entire time that this is going on, uh, the stalker is talking about this guy Porcupine, who was a previous stalker who taught him about the zone. And Porcupine had a brother, and he brought his brother in there, and his brother died. And we're told at the end that like his he his brother died in the zone, and he, the stalker goes into the room. And this is he says the reason why I the stalker don't go into the room is because uh, Porcupine went into the room, wanting you know begging, beseeching the room to give him his brother back, but then he leaves, and he winds up winds up winning the lottery. So he substitutes. Do they sp- say that literally, or yeah, just yeah, oh, they do. yeah, he, yeah, he, wins, he wins, the, wins, m- wins the lottery, yeah. And he gets incredibly rich, and then he realizes uh, it's not it. You know, th- th- we've been told prior to this that there's like some sort of curse that like you're given the thing you want the most. This guy won the lottery, and then he hung himself a week later. The reason he hung himself is because his innermost desire, what was granted to him, was not to have his brother back. Right. Yeah, was, it was his innermost desire was to be rich. Yeah, the right. zone he showed could, he him. Yeah, he couldn't confront that. That he was a fatuous capitalist. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, that's kind of profound. And that yeah. is like, it, it has a, a little bit of an echo of um, Solaris in a way, which is like this this presence uh, that can, is this uh, sort of like ineffable thing that knows you, that, under, you know, it, it cuts through the bullshit, like all this, like, this degraded state of existence where we like don't actually understand ourselves. We don't think about ourselves or other people, our relationships to other people. You know, we're it caught in this kind of like fog or miasma. This cuts, this alien presence cuts through that. And what's interesting about that is it goes on both sides where it's like the alien presence cuts through the fog that we've lost ourselves in 
while also being entirely opaque itself. Like the process yeah. of the alien presence is completely ununderstandable. And and that's the thing that as they journey through the zone, which is this overgrown natural sort of collapsed post-apocalyptic place with, you know, uh, basically buildings and water. Everything is wet and filthy. It's like as we sort of travel through that, the thing that the stalker keeps repeating is, first of all, you can never go back the way that you came. He says the way through the zone is is always different. Except he's wrong. But he also seems to know the way through. And he names landmarks, which is like, that's really uncanny and strange. Where it's like... He names this, landmarks? Yeah, he says we're coming up to this tunnel now. And, the and dry there's, tunnel. The dry tunnel. And there's two or three like sort of very distinct places that we see. One of them is the dry tunnel where they... Whoever is supposed to be the purest of them walks first. And if the person was isn't of pure intentions, then they'll die. Or something. Or something. But it's, yeah. it, and we're given to understand that but that's where, lots. yeah, they draw lots, but it turns out that the stalker cheated the lots. No, it oh. turns out that the writer is convinced that the stalker drew lot that was cheating. Yeah. Oh, and the stalker the definitely it, was no, no, cheating on the lots. because then he like starts crying and he's like, I would never choose. I would never make a choice because the consequences of that choice would be too great. It has to be random. Like his guilt would overtake him if he had made a choice. Oh, huh, interesting. Yeah, I guess I mean that's the thing about this movie, right? It's like everything is vague, like you're not really sure of anything in the end. Like even yeah. the story that you were telling about Porcupine and like him winning the lottery and like that's kind of conject like that right. that he killed himself because he realized that his innermost desire was not to bring back his brother, but to win the lottery, it, it, that that ends up that's actually just sort of conjectured by the writer. Like we we're not sure that yeah. that's that's what really happened, well, right? So I thought it was by the scientist, but uh, well, it doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. I mean, it's someone's conjecture, right? So everything ends up kind of vague, right? In the end, I mean, we're not. It's not even clear that this room does anything. Yeah, right? we never know. I mean, whether you're, you're, you're not really sure, right? Yeah, because people do, in fact, win the lottery. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so as they get closer to the heart of the zone, I think the zone kind of, it almost acts more in defense of itself by sending them against more obstacles. And I think for, you know, for listeners who have sort of Googled the movie before, there's this image of this one room that they come into, which is like dunes. It's like dunes of ash on the ground, which I think is one of the most striking things. It's yeah, so it's cool. Great. That was basically the only part of the movie that fulfilled the desire. That felt supernatural in some yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And well, I didn't understand it at all. It's like, oh, here we are. Finally, we're going to see what the hell's going on here. And it's like the, the scene ends and you're like, wait. What, yeah, you what don't happened? Really get a pipe there. You don't get and much in the, the way. And then that wasn't <laughs> even their the room. Like yeah, they keep not going. Really special effects that. in this movie at all? Yeah. There's an incredible cut in that scene when of they the walk bird. into the ash room. Yeah, and there's a bird that yeah. flies across the screen, and partway through the film oh, yeah. cuts, yeah. and then there's another shot of that bird. So it looks as though the bird like teleported or exactly. traveled through time or something. Oh, it's pretty cool. That yeah, was amazing. No, I found and that the amazing. dog that they find but in the room. Except then you're like. What was the, what was that? Like, right, and there's a pipe in that room like that's trap, like very deep. Yeah, right, right. And he he throws a rock down it, and then the stalker is later like, I can't believe you made it past the pipe. Like yeah. you know, <laughs> right? People call that the meat grinder. A lot of people don't make it past that. It's like, what exactly don't they make it past? <laughs> like walking past this pipe? <laughs> right. No, that's it. We never but, actually but, see what the danger right, is. Right. Exactly. I mean, maybe it's my my feeling was that maybe there was some it's like the zone takes some psychological toll on you where a lot of people end up killing themselves throwing themselves Uh in this pipe or something i don't know yeah i mean it also there was like in college i took a class on like religious mysticism and there was like a whole unit that we did about this tradition in like jewish mysticism of all these writings about this thing called like the chariot where all the writings were basically very, very similar about like, uh, I guess, rabbis ascending to this higher level of learning and all of the different people who would go on this journey and how they would die if they weren't like pure of heart and pure of intention and all that. And one of the things that it mentioned was like, so-and-so like, you know, Rabbi Gamliel mistook uh, marble for water. And I remember asking the professor, like, what does that mean? And, and the professor was just like, oh, it means that he died. 
And I was like, well, like how you does... dove head first into marble? Yeah, well, and then it, I was reading another, years later for a different class, I was reading the Arabian Nights, and there's a story called The City of Brass, and that's one of the traps in The City of Brass. It's like <clears throat> the people who are attempting to rob this citadel climb over a wall and they look down and the floors are so perfectly polished that the marble room looks like it's filled with water and one of them jumps to his death. So I thought it was that kind of, and the whole movie has that sort of religious allegorical, like we are moving towards a higher truth through this thing that's uncanny that we can't possibly understand. And our inability to understand it is the defining feature of this thing, which I thought was a really cool way of, dramatizing the unknown and dramatizing like a search for meaning in the world yeah. uh, to me yeah, at least totally you know i thought the the conversations between the three people get a little bit too heavy-handed about like the nature of what it means to make art because like it turns out that the the writer is trying to kind of get his mojo back as a writer and that's what he wants to ask the room for the scientist wants to be a very famous recognized scientist and the stalker wants his life to be meaningful and the way that he finds his life to be meaningful is by fulfilling the desires of others what was the significance of the phone call that the scientist made while he was there yeah. i didn't understand that i mean it was to a colleague to me it's like uh like a steam valve like a release like he got a you know he got to see ahead of time that he wasn't going to get what he wanted out of the room because he makes that call. And the guy like the guy's like, Oh, I see why you're doing this. It's just because I slept with your wife 20 years ago. And then that's when he, his like head falls and he hangs up the phone. He's like, Oh yeah, I'm shallow. That was how I took right. it. He also brought a bomb. Yeah. yeah he, brings, so he brings a bomb when they, yeah, he brings no, a bomb. Wasn't the bomb there. No, the bomb was in his backpack. That's why he oh. defied yeah. the rule to not go backwards and went back for it ah, and I survived. See. Okay. But yeah, so so as they sort of ascend through the zone into the kind of antechamber to the final room, there's a phone going off, this is what Sam was talking about before, and the scientist picks it up, and it's one of his colleagues, and they have like a pretty... No, he calls no, them. He, it's a wrong number. Yeah, the phone it's, rings, and it's a wrong number or something, but then he calls his colleague. Which is, that's kind of why, like, why is there a phone there? Why is it wired? Why does somebody call it? Like, it's all too coincidental. Like, it's got to be there because the writer wants to make a phone call to right. gloat. And things seem to be, like, appearing Sorry, in this scientist. room, yeah, kind the of? professor. Things yeah, think, yeah like, exactly. Like, like, at one point, he goes, the writer goes, why are these sleeping pills here? Like, where did they come from? Well, right. we see things in... The, the zone is flooded, and we see things in the water all over the place, particularly weapons and drugs. There are, like, needles Syringe everywhere. Yeah. And there are guns everywhere, right? Yeah, and a little bit how like the Solaris planet uh, was water was like a liquid of some kind. And I think Tarkovsky keeps coming back to water in all his movies. Like to, for him, it's like a very loaded, um, you know, very loaded metaphor for something. I don't really know what, what. lies beneath. I don't know. Yeah, Just, I mean the unconscious, and yeah, but I think it's more than that, right? How so? Well, I, I just mean like to sort of write it off as be like, this represents the unconscious. I feel like that's me being reductive. Yeah. I mean, maybe the fact that it reflects, uh, you know, was partly what, what was going on in Solaris. Um, yeah. The, I, the, the fact that there was like so much water in the zone, um, the dry tunnel. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't really know what that means. I, you know, I don't know why he keeps returning to that idea. The water pouring from the ceiling at the end of Solaris. Oh God. And in the like, mirror as well. Yeah. There's a bunch of water imagery in that too. Well, they. I, I was reading a little bit about Tarkovsky and um, and how he, it, he's, there's a quote from him at some point where he says he detests symbolism. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> fuck man. <laughs> like he would say that. <laughs> I hate the thing that I do. <laughs> so I mean, the way I interpreted that was kind of cool. Like I feel like, and I could I could see you make a case that this is all kind of coming out of his subconscious. You know what I mean? Or something like he's just kind of like it's similar to like David Lynch in a way, you know, or like like it's not symbolism. It's just sort of raw expression. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. It's yeah, it's just depiction. Yeah. yeah I, I think I said this like when we did Solaris that it, the title of his um, memoir is sculpting in time. 
And I think it is just like cool. it, it does a kind of like visual expression. And it's not, I would take him at his word. He said, like, I don't want to intentionally endow this stuff with any kind of symbolism because that would detract from what I'm actually trying to do, which is depict something, you know, not just like, not just explain. I'm just trying to depict. That makes yeah. some kind of sense. Yeah. I mean, and you can also take the water, at least in this movie, like pretty literally, like things are broken down. There's water everywhere because everything's leaking. Like it doesn't have to be a metaphor for something, right? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess also like, was this movie anti-Soviet? Like I, I felt like it was, but I can't really put my finger on why or how. I think it's like, it's anti, it's anti-artifice. You, the the stalker is, he's a heavily conflicted person. He doesn't know if he's good or bad. He doesn't know if he's doing a good thing or a bad thing for his family. I think he's conflicted about like how he treats his wife and especially his daughter that he loves. Um, and I think that the other people in there are, you know, they're not, they don't have names. They're sort of like stand-ins for other kinds of, I think they're symbols of other kinds of human impulses, which, you know, the writer to express the professor to understand. And there, there are these people who are um, going after what they would term like some kind of ultimate truth but they do it for egotistical reasons. And I think that Tarkovsky maybe is drawing us to that, is kind of like trying to pull us a little bit towards that kind of conclusion where it's just like, while you may think that you are, you know, uh, an explorer for truth, uh, this may be the goal of your pursuit. Like you, you know, look within yourself. We're all see what you desire. Assholes. Something like that. Mm. Yeah, I, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's sort Especially of physics professors. Right? <laughs> Especially physics professors, sure. really, <laughs> but horrible. especially those who aren't wearing pants right now. <laughs> this upsetting. Listeners, oh my Phys- god, physics wearing, professors! I can see the polo logo on your underwear. The physics professors will come into your house, take their pants off, put on a <laughs> microphone like it's nothing. Teach you physics. <laughs> oh god. So. Uh, Right before they kind of enter into the final room and the stalker explains how he can't go through and why he's not going to go, we find out that the scientist has been carrying a bomb the whole time. And actually, the reason that he's really come there is to blow up the final chamber, the room, so that nobody can use it to ill ends, which is... But doesn't he say like a t- something like a twenty kiloton bomb or 50? yeah, like that's it's gonna kill them. It's kind of overkill. Oh well, yeah. yeah, no shit, it's gonna kill them. It's gonna kill like, it's everyone. Gonna kill the whole zone. Ouchie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, and and I think he he wanted the zone to to I go. Mean, yeah, with based on the assumption that it's a thing that can be destroyed. Right. Yeah, and you ever tried? You ever killed a zone? <laughs> <laughs> killed my T zone. Uh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Alan does. I get it. So at the end of the movie, these guys all realize that really it's a friend zone and they were friends. <laughs> <laughs> they, they became friends along the way. Yeah. They. Oh, God. Yeah. So they talk the scientist out of blowing up the zone. Well, they don't really talk him out of it. He kind of just changes his mind. I, I feel like in the end, he's sort of like, I don't understand anything. Right. Yeah, and totally. then he, because he just realizes that this room is beyond his ability to understand it or, or something like And his like that. his simple idea that he could prevent, like, you know, he talks about it, like mafia people. Or from, Hitler. Yeah. I think he overtly says Hitler. Right. So, but it's more nuanced than that, and he realizes, and he's like, oh, wait, I don't get shit. I, th- I think you're right. That's what's going on there. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and so the last shot of them in the zone is just them sitting down on this filthy, disgusting ground. They're all like yeah. wet in their hobo clothes. Actually, that was like one of my favorite scenes because they're like, you know, it's like they've just exhausted all emotional and psychic energy. They're just like, why or what? What is the point even like? I'm, I'm going to sit down. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does have like a bit of a nihilistic bend as well. Yeah, or like the release of not not having to fight for understanding anymore, kind of. Yeah, and they've come all this way and they've decided not to do the thing they came all this way for. Like it, something our professors used to say in college, which was like, your protagonist doesn't have to go through the door as long as you bring him to the door. Yeah, and I mean, also like, I didn't necessarily, 
Like, I think I had an inkling that they weren't going to go into the room, right? Because it'd be kind of weird if they did. It's like, right? <laughs> Cut and to them on a yacht. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping to get some visuals. Like, you compared this to 2001 <laughs> before. In 2001, he goes into the room, right? And we find out what's on the other side. And then there's like four more movies. Yeah, but do we find out what's on the other side? We just find out it's like a psychedelic. Well, we, we, find we at least see baby. some representation yeah. of at least what they're presenting to him. Like there's something. On that, the other yeah. Side. yeah, you get to interface with right. whatever that ultimate yeah, truth even is. Even if it's like a visual allegory or something, it's still yeah. something. That's true. Yeah, no, this you get nothing. You know that there's something, but you don't know what it is, which I kind of, I loved. I just, that to me worked. Could have gone either way. They could have been like them, like linked in arms, like having lots of babes on their arms, holding sacks of cash <laughs> on a boat. Like just when a you said babes video. in just arms, a, I had a different... Turns out I just wanted to be Jay-Z. But something does go <laughs> into the room, you guys. The audience. Oh. Bom, bom, boom. <laughs> right? I thought you were going to say Tommy Wiseau. The camera Wiseau. goes, pans back into the room. Yeah. They make it out of the zone. They bring the dog from the zone with them. And the stalker goes back to his wife and basically has like a weird breakdown, right? Like he's he like, looks like he has like a fever or something. Yeah. And he says like, you know, the only value I had in my life was bringing people to the zone, but I'll never go back in. Again, it has that like operaticness where I'm like, is this a bad translation? Is this how all Russians are? <laughs> I feel like when I read Dostoevsky, they're talking the same way where they're like, right. you guy, you gave me quarter. You are best human that ever lived and like hate you for being less than human garbage. <laughs> it's just like, like is, is everybody here having like a manic breakdown? I just don't understand like what's happening. I, did you guys feel that way or am I just a bad person? Yeah, it's a fucked up country. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> It's, like, it's, it's a fucked up country that decided our president. <laughs> They're working. Th- that didn't happen. They're working through some shit over there. They're trying to make us work through some yeah, shit. Yeah, they're too trying now. to make us yeah. work through it too. Yeah, and so uh, the stalker kind of goes back to his life, but he's brought color with him out of the zone so that outside of the zone now, the real quote, I'm using air quotes here, world is periodically color and sepia. We see it in yeah. both. Specifically, it's when monkey's in the shot uh is it i think so well the first time it switches back is when she's on his shoulders yeah it's when he she's on his shoulders so the stalker has had this daughter the whole movie that we've seen in the background she doesn't really speak she's it, supposed to be a mutant of some kind but they don't really say how yeah she has trouble walking. do they say that yeah she they, they say, they they say that she's crippled they say she doesn't have legs and then i was very surprised to see her stand right so it must yeah, just they be say like, like she can't use her legs. Yeah, whatever the original zone event was, I think maybe affected her legs. That's no, like no. oh yeah, no, saying no. she was rumors. in the zone originally. No, no, no it's they say because, oh, because stalkers, stalkers' children. children yeah. yeah, no, I think they're just various rumors that people have like heard. So about we his did not children. understand this movie. No, no, at no all. but no, no, but I think no, I don't think it's that. I think that like every. Every everything in the movie, you hear like different versions yeah. Of, of, yeah. of what of what. There's no there's no on. like reliable narrator, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. is another sort of thing you have to let go of when watching Tarkovsky. I just I want to talk about the final shot of this movie because there was something about it, and similarly to Solaris, where I do want to talk about the second to last scene of this movie. What is it? It's just second that way he says like he's in the bed, he's like feverish, and he says like these writers and scientists have no faith anymore, right? And he's like. Which is where is you start seen f- in color? Do you remember? I think it's in sepia. Yeah, yeah I think it's right? in sepia. And uh, that's where you feel like this is becoming more like re- I don't know. Maybe it's more religious. I well, no, the it's whole movie felt kind of religious, but, but like it's about not, religion, I guess maybe. Yeah, but more like about faith or belief. It's like adjacent to religion, maybe. I thought that the whole journey of the movie is like some kind of allegory about. F- faith in yeah. your future and faith in yourself i don't know it was there there was something about it something. in there yeah i don't know yeah i mean andre rublev i think one of the main themes of that earlier tarkovsky movie about this monk named andre rublev who was a icon painter from like the 13th century um that's a great movie too if you can handle one Tarkovsky movie, you can handle all of them. <laughs> yeah. You'll be okay. Back to back. Back to back. Yeah. back, to back to Tarkovsky Marathon. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. I just like... Uh. I feel like that would shut down part of your brain. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, part of Andre Rublev is like this idea of like ecstatic faith uh, being something that is, you know, uh, sort of necessarily and, and uh, just very human. 
but also like understanding that capability can elevate us beyond, you know, just the sort of like mundane mundanity of humanness. That was almost a thought. Yeah, no, <laughs> I liked it. I was I'm sorry, I'm stuck on Garfield plowing stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. Who, gar- who right. else can Garfield plow? Heathcliff? Other Garfield. Garfield plowing Heathcliff. Yeah. Gar- Garfield Heathcliff. Felix. We could have any number of Fritz. That's that's kind of it. I feel like not Fritz a, the cat would plow yeah. Garfield. Yeah. Fritz, yeah. yeah, Fritz has banged enough stuff. He's definitely the top. And then the and then right after he says that about Faith, his wife goes on a monologue, and Liz looking at the camera the oh, whole yeah, time. Yeah, she does a straight right. to camera monologue, which makes no sense. I mean, not I, that the monologue doesn't I, make sense. Oh, she's. I talking think the to point the is she's talking. What? She's talking to the daughter. No, no, no. The daughter's in a different room. So you think she's just talking to the audience? I think she's talking to the audience. Yeah, she's talking to the yeah. audience. Oh no, she basically says like. Uh, Everyone told me not to marry the stalker, right? Yeah. And I knew that we were going to have... It's actually a very simplistic uh, sentiment. She says, like, I knew we were going to have bad times and good times. But, you know, I also knew that I wouldn't be happy, wouldn't be living a full life without him. And we also need the bad times in order. We need Sarah in order to be happy. Yeah. It's sort of... Yeah, it was sort of weird, like... Because it's the last thing that anyone says in this movie, right? So you feel like this in some sense is what the movie is about, but it's a little unclear how it connects with everything else. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole movie is super opaque, right? Yeah. I have some final thoughts on the movie. Well, hold up, because we got to describe oh. the final scene, right? Which is yeah. is like... Monkey's a telepath. Yeah, Telekinetic. There was Telekin- something... Telekinesis. Monkey is the daughter. Yeah, yeah monkey. So the final scene, but just the shot of it is like, I don't know, to me... That was one of my favorite sort of film ending because it pays off. Like what we were all talking about, like, you know, yeah. saying like wanting you want something, you want something to seek your teeth into. Like what is what is actually, uh, you know, what is actually happening with the zone? Like, yeah. why is this a thing to fear? What is going on here that people are scared of and that you get it at yeah. the very end? It's kind of cool, though, because you get something, but it's actually nothing. Yeah, like it's it still really unclear. Tell you anything about the what happened? It asks another question. It begs happening. another yeah. question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I also it, like her attitude in that scene. Is like she's. It's like just a. She's hobby. a child. Like she doesn't care that she can do that. She's well, just like I want to push this the, one. The, yeah, the final yeah, scene is her one. pushing two glasses across a table three. with her mind, or three glasses across a table with her mind. And yeah, it seems she like she doesn't. One off the table. She almost does it. It doesn't fall. One does. One of them. One of them does. Okay, sorry. Cool. Um, but there's like a joy. I, I just really liked her facial expression. I love that. You guys that. can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Knock glasses off tables. I sure with your mind. <laughs> well, with my head. <laughs> with my with my mind telling my fists what to do. <laughs> yeah, that's the real telekinesis. <laughs> glass puncher. <laughs> but I mean, the Punch first glass. the first moment when she's pushing the glass with her mind, I'm like, is this really happening right now? Like we're like. <laughs> Two hours and forty minutes yeah. in this movie, and we're introducing telekinesis. Yeah, well, but kinda, it ends up being kind of cool. They yeah. sort of hint at it. They like do. She's well. They well, say that, that she's a mutant and stuff. That she's a mutant, and that there are weird right. things about the kids of stalkers. Right, yeah. right. And it reminds me of two thousand one in a way again, where it's like you've Star gone Child. through this incredibly long movie, and then suddenly just something happens that is completely different from everything that you've seen. Right, and and very supernatural. And really just asks a whole I kind of like these yeah. wild left turns at the very end yeah. of the movies. I'm kinda, sometimes they're really fun. They're just like, oh, okay. Well, what it does, I, at least to me, was like it does, again, a super important thing dramatically, which is that it it opens up the world to such an extent that like when you get up, it's not just like, oh, what happens? What does that mean? It's that there's a whole other narrative that's continuing long after the curtain has sort of gone down to sort of paraphrase my old Shakespeare professor. It was like, you know, the best plays open long before you enter the theater and close long before or long after the curtain's gone down. I think that's the third time you've given that quote on the show. Well, I will cut it again. (laughs) Um, But Raph, yeah, you wanted to say something about the end of the movie. No, I just, I had final thoughts about this because like, you know, I, I definitely think this is worth recommending. I mean, like, I think it's worth watching if people are on the fence about this. Like, if we have any listeners, and if those of those listeners, you're like, do I want to watch this, like, obviously very art house, very unconventional movie? I'd say, yeah. If you like it, you like it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Just just be open-minded. And, like, 
sort of like I think if you take like a sort of like meditative stance, like why am if you think to yourself like why am I having this reaction? Like if you're just like stone cold bored, there's not really anything you do. But like right. if you're like why am I reacting to this? If you monitor those thoughts, like your meditation, like you chase after them, you're just like okay, why am I thinking that? Bring yourself back to center. It can be kind of rewarding because this movie is like. It's like an alternate universe of like what movies could be like. Every Tarkovsky movie. Mm. It's like if movies had been something totally, totally different than they are now, it still makes sense. It's like dreamlike, you know, like yeah. narrative, loose narrative structure that could have been how we watch movies, but we don't. So This, to me, approximates the thing about dreams that's so interesting and so impossible to communicate, right? Like, like hearing about people's dreams is probably the most boring oh, garbage the in the world. Last night. You guys want to hear about it? No, no, cool. nobody does. Right. But this movie feels like that, right? Like you can't really, it's like you can explain what's good about it, but really it's a lot like a dream, you know, in yeah. that it has a lot of layers of meaning. It's going to evoke meaning in you, the viewer that probably is going to be different from the person next to you. Go enjoy it. It's great. Yeah, it's a great movie to watch if you want questions and not answers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good way of putting it. Thank you. Yeah, I th- is this the movie that we've all agreed on the most? Maybe this in like The Matrix? Yeah, I was just going to say The Matrix. Yeah. Did we all like The Matrix? Yeah. Does really? anyone not? Raph? I can see Raph not liking The Matrix. Raph liked The Matrix? Uh, Did I watch it? Did I rewatch it? I don't know. Yeah, the don't Matrix think... is awesome. I can't, I can't front. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Ah, uh, so I, I don't know. Should we do? In that case, I hated this movie. <laughs> I, it just <laughs> really quickly, I don't know. So we should, should we throw it to endorsements? Yeah, oh, I got I one. one. I got but one. But I can't remember it. Um, I'm watching on Netflix this British show called Flowers. And I don't know if it's BBC or whatever. Um, it's good. It has uh, one of the guys from Mighty Boosh and Olivia Coleman in it, who's famous. Um and it's great. It's really really good. It is not a light romp. It is very dark. It has an absolutely incredible second season. I think the second season really tops the first one. The only two seasons. Um, and it's sort of like the feel of it is if Wes Anderson. I'm sorry. If Wes Anderson was like actually smart <laughs> instead of like college freshman smart. Yeah, agreed. Okay, cool. Glad. That's it. Flowers. Yeah. <laughs> cool <laughs> sam what do you got i had one that was really good but i can't remember it so i'm just gonna say democracy now which is like a staple of my daily listening they have a podcast that's just the audio from their daily video news hour and it's fucking great they do in-depth interviews and stuff and then they have like bonus content if you subscribe to the podcast and like the last couple days i've been the last couple episodes i've been like near tears from some of the shit some of the interviews they've had it's awesome yeah she was fucked up yes alan was googling his his endorsement endorsement. alan what's your endorsement just trying to find something i can't think of anything (laughs) that's cool oh i have a second endorsement yeah don't tweet yeah good vibes try telling that to the president (laughs) yeah my endorsement this week is fleabag I know everybody oh, else has yeah, already watched it. it. It's so I good. Seen it. I haven't watched the second season yet. Season one is great. Season two is great. I kind of, I She's mean, amazing. season two is not as, I think, technically good as season one, but I think I found it funnier. It's it's lighter than season one. Not by much, oh. but it's it's also dark, so don't even worry about that. I don't know. And uh, for those of you who live in New York, Raph has already endorsed this on the show, but I'm going to endorse it as well because it's great. Uh, Lucia. It's a combination Szechuan Cajun restaurant on 7th Street in New York. Um, it's really good. Very delicious. We go there all the time. Not really, but uh, yeah, you should definitely go. Alan, what do you got? As for it, <laughs> mild. It's spicy. <clears throat> Have you guys seen um, the new season of Black Mirror? Yeah. No. No. Yes. Uh, I watched the Miley Cyrus episode. Oh, okay. I've I only, only seen the first episode, like but I thought it was cool. I don't know. That show is it causes me awesome. anxiety. The whole Wait, show. The, the first episode? No, it's that show. Reality. The show. There was one show. There was one episode. The 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 rating one where they just like rape people. Oh yeah, the social. They media rate one. that poor, that poor woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That caused me. Some of them, yeah. I've never had. I've never had. <laughs> basically, anything caused me that level of anxiety. <laughs> like any media, like yeah. 
it bothered me. Is that the only episode you watched? No, I've seen a bunch. Yeah. But I had to stop after that one. I just couldn't deal with it. No, that's a rough one. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I thought, yeah, anyway. Um, so the f- the first episode of the new season, I thought it was an interesting, like, it doesn't go, th- it, it's like kind of an exploration of actually things that we talk about, sexu- sexuality in the age of VR, like really good VR. But cool. it doesn't go <laughs> the stuff, direction stuff that, that you, that you think it would. Here. Upsonics <laughs> <laughs> the, the stuff that we only the, the only thing that we talk about off mic Sonic's rectum world yeah yeah um yeah. it doesn't really go it, it's an interesting like kind of exploration of I don't know new types of sexuality that like could exist in the age of VR like don't really exist now so it's it's kind of cool cool I'll all check right that out. yeah all right thanks so much for tuning in guys you can follow us on Twitter I'm at Asher Lag at Hallie Filigent. At Case of Piles. At Have a Cool Penis. And you can follow the show at Robot House Pod. It's spelled H-A-U-S. Until next time, uh, see you then. Thanks. Bye. Sorry, Mom and Dad. Bye.